Welcome to another episode of She Explained Podcast. I am Valeria. And I'm Michelle. Follow us along as we share our knowledge and experiences in tech, career, STEM, engineering, code, and... And our daily life struggles. Please keep in mind, though, our opinions are our own. They do not represent the company that we work for. But without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. So on today's episode is language as my second English. Wait, hold on. Did I read that right? Language as my second English? Every time you say it, it I just burst into laughing. Uh, I, I actually wrote this by accident. Um, I was planning to write English is my second language. But as I explained in the previous episode, sometimes it just doesn't come out right. I think of one way of saying, but out of, you know, it just comes out in a completely different way. Uh, and then as we put it up, it seemed like a really reasonable um, title for today's episode. So what what is language as my second English about, just for the listeners who didn't uh, listen to our first or hear our first one? Yeah, so today um, we're going to share some tips and tricks on myself personally, since I do have a little bit of an experience in that regard. Um, so we're going to share some tips and tricks how to start learning a language, overcoming language barrier and developing some confidence. Um, communication is probably one of the most important skills you can have or you can develop. Uh, but when you change country to pursue your dreams, to work or study, and you don't speak the language of that country, you sort of lose that skill. And at times you feel hopeless because you can't even you know, go and do shopping. I remember the first time that I arrived in Australia, I went to Coles to buy groceries. And, you know, at the end, they ask you savings or credit. I was like, credit? Mm-hmm. No, I like, no credit. I don't want to buy because I thought credit meant um, they're going to charge me some interest. Or I have to like get a loan as I'm buying my groceries because I didn't really know the meaning of it. Um, I couldn't go and buy a SIM card, but that's pretty necessary. You want to call your family. You want to have a, a contactable phone. So with time, as you gain the skills, um, as you gain the skill you sort of get back that power but at the start it's actually quite challenging so for whoever who is migrating countries and starting from the scratch uh, and and for some people for example my parents when they came here and they were quite older right they were in their 50s for the first time that they came to Australia back in Russia you know they can do anything right they jump in a car they drive somewhere they go buy the groceries they go into the movie they buy the tickets um, they go into bank, they get the money, so they have a lot of power. But when they came to Australia and they couldn't speak English, you could feel how frustrated they were at times because they couldn't do anything without me. And although obviously they had me at that time, um, when I came to Australia by myself, I didn't really have that power for a few months, um, which at times is actually quite daunting. I can totally relate to that because, you know, even traveling to a different country where they have um, another language as their primary uh, language, you know, sometimes when you uh, try to ask something and the person doesn't speak English or anything, you're stuck, right? So um, how did you start, you know, learning English? Like what resources did you you tap into to like try and help you really um, learn quickly? It all started from high school back in Russia. And 
although whenever people ask me when did you actually start learning English, I just say the day that I've arrived in Australia. Because prior to that, when you learn a language in a different environment to that language, so for me, I lived in Russia, so my primary language was Russian. I didn't really ever switch to English to an extent that would help accelerate my learning. It was more or less, I spoke Russian 24-7, but then sometimes I would go and have a a one-on-one with my teacher, so I would speak English, I would have English classes, but it wouldn't really last for more than an hour a day, which is not enough time at all for you to be able to ramp up with your skills. So I knew basics and I could communicate with very basic language that wouldn't probably even get me to asking where to navigate to get to the park in, let's say, once I come to Australia. So I I usually say my journey sort of started when I arrived in Australia. Um, And whenever anyone asks me, you know, what, what do you recommend to start learning a language? I say if you do have the resources and sometimes it's quite expensive to go overseas and study but if you do have resources if you can get an internship or you can be an exchange student definitely go to the country of that language so if you want to learn uh, English go to Canada or if you want to go learn French as well or if you want to learn English go come to to America or Australia uh, for an exchange because you're just immersed in that environment and you don't really have a choice but to speak that language which means that you're going to ramp up pretty quickly because you're going to need to survive in the country. And uh, it's good if you come with a family that's a little bit easier. Like my husband, he came with uh, with his parents, so it was a little bit easier for him. But I had to be just more, more or less on my own. So I was immersed in that environment pretty quickly. So that's kind of helped me with the language. Um, and other tips that I really used is to watch videos and, you know, in English. And back in the days, unfortunately, I only had access to like movies. And movies sometimes, they speak a little bit too fast. They're very staged. Um, the language that is used, that they use is quite complex. So although I was watching with subtitles, it was still hard for me to, to kind of learn and understand. But right now, I think on YouTube, you have so many vloggers, uh, so many YouTubers that speak really simple language. So you can turn on subtitles um, and, you know, we have now uh, from all sorts of countries, um, various YouTubers who have different native languages. So I could recommend also starting with that. So watching something online, looking at the subtitles and learning things. Another thing that I had when I started learning a little book, which I still had maybe a few years back, I kind of saved it. And when I showed it to my husband, he's like, what, you used to write all of it? So I would actually write all the words that I didn't know into the book and carry it around. Right now, obviously, there are digital uh, versions of it, like different mobile apps where you can write the words in translation. I mean, you have access to Google as well. And it's just so much easier now to find the translations um, and, and, and words. But I used to do that. Another one, which I do steal a lot whenever I need to practice for something, is that I stand in front of the mirror and I just repeat myself. So I get a bit of text and I just keep pronouncing until it just, you know, it sounds so natural to me. Um, because although in in just everyday, day-to-day language, we use quite simple vocabulary. And it's not just me as a, English is my second language, but most of the native speakers. Uh, when you go and read different articles or newspapers, it's just like you go from zero to hero. They're really long, complex words. And when you're trying to incorporate them into your um, daily vocabulary is quite hard because no one is really using them 
Um, so I'm not a crazy one, but sometimes I used to talk to myself, right? Just like explain, you know, go over a certain topic and it just really helps you to memorize those words. Um, another one that I also do these days is when I read a book and once again, it might have a few words that I don't know about. I try to discuss it with my friends and try to force myself to use those words that I've just learned. Um, cause then, so yeah, so, um, and because sometimes I might like input a really complicated word into the sentence and someone is just like, why are you using them? Like, I don't know, the book kind of used it. <laughs> so it's, um, there is different ways. And I think it depends what sort of learner you are. If you're a visual learner, uh, if you like more through hearing, so you need to watch a lot of things, uh, but I guess like experiment with different methods, uh, and just go from there. So I know like a couple of um, people that I know uh, who are into sort of learning a new language. They would try out things like, um, is it Duolingo? That's quite a popular app to learn language. So I've never personally used it myself, but um, have you ever tried that out, Val? I know that you said that, you know, you didn't have those resources when you started out, but yeah. Have you tried it out? And if you have, would you recommend what's like, what's the benefit of using that tool to learn a, a second language? I think so. I haven't used it personally because when I started learning, it was around two, 10 years ago. So I wasn't even aware, like, I'm not sure if Duolingo was a thing 10 years ago. Do you know? Probably, probably uh, not. I don't know, actually. And um but my uh, was apps a thing ten years ago? <laughs> exactly right. Time time runs pretty fast. But my husband he tried to learn Russian when he came. He tried to impress my parents. Um, so he thought if he learns Russian, he tries to you know throw a few words here and there when we go to to Russia. So he did do it and did help him a lot because it has structure. Right, whenever you are. Uh, embarking a journey of learning a new language or learning a new skill, whether it's, you know, you're trying to learn how to code or, um, you know, learning a new language, learning how to piano. There is so many resources and it gets really overwhelming and you just don't know what path to, to choose, what to start with, what resources to use, and you just get overwhelmed and then you realize that a minute after you're watching TV. So I think the benefit of Duolingo is that it has that structure and simplicity. It takes you through the journey. It separates it in different um, units um, based on different words. So you have a structured learning for a period of time, which is obviously it's hard to find if you're just a self-learner. You have to develop a plan for yourself. Um, but I like that in the app, you can um, listen to how native speakers talk because sometimes you can click and then it says, what did the user say? And you can have either female or a male pronouncing a certain sentence. So it's really handy for someone who is not really in the environment where that language is spoken. So for me, it was a little bit easier because I came to Australia, everything around me was English. But let's say for my husband, because he was learning Russian in Australia, he didn't really like... Obviously, I was the one who could speak that language, but in general, he didn't really have the environment around him that spoke that language. So it was nice that the app let you hear how native speakers say certain words. Um, and I think it has so many languages as well. It has Japanese, Chinese, Spanish, Russian. It's just the variety is, is gigantic and you can learn a few languages at the same time. So um, it's definitely a good one. And I can't, and also there's now a lot of really interesting YouTube channels 
out there that teach you languages. Uh, and once again, you know, they're they're all free. And I think it's um, there's really a lot of resources these days that can get you to, to learn a new language. So um, I had a question before. How long did it take, uh, I guess, how long did, did it take you before you felt like um, that you were fluent in English, that you were, you could comfortably say to someone, I can speak English fluently. Honestly, even now I wouldn't say it. And it just all comes down really? to confidence. Yeah, it's, um, I even said that to my colleague the other day and it's kind of where was my fear, um, you know, regarding starting a podcast or starting a YouTube channel. It's because I felt like I wasn't fluent. I felt like I was making a lot of mistakes and still am making a lot of mistakes. Sometimes I feel the need to reiterate myself for some reason at the end. Or, or I would say something and then for some reason, I don't know, my brain is just like, maybe they didn't understand what I just said. So I mm. re-say the same thing. So I'm kind of repetitive. Uh, but it's only because I feel like other people don't understand me and I make a lot of mistakes so I wouldn't say that maybe I am fluent but there is always room to improve um, I guess I feel like I would say the time that I became comfortable more or less expressing myself and talking to people as well as talking to native speakers because that was my biggest fear I was like oh if I talk to international students they make mistakes as well so that kind of gave me confidence that I'm not the only one uh, but talking to native speakers was probably the hardest um, kind of part of, of the journey um, and you know, I just had to push myself so maybe I think after high school before I got into university um, I think at time I felt like I can understand a lot more and I just I haven't really felt a time that I just didn't understand something it felt normal to me so maybe a few years yeah it, it takes you quite little to go from beginner to intermediate but it takes very long time to go from that intermediate to advanced actually with anything you know if you're building a project getting first 80% it's done and dusted in a couple of weeks but obviously getting that you know 20 that 20 last percent is the hardest part. Um, so I think it's the same with learning a language. It takes time, it takes practice and um, just just practice. So yeah, a few years. Would you say like um, re reading or writing is harder uh, learning English than speaking it? I think it depends on the person. I think because I like talking. <laughs> So I, I don't mind just talking and once yeah. I got the confidence I was like blah 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 don't stop um, I would say reading gives you the most not knowledge but it can sort of explain because you can exactly see how the sentences are structured one of the hardest things that I still find it's not about the vocabulary right like you can learn as many words as you as you can like it's not a problem but it's how you put them together to make sense and that's the hardest part. Um, I feel like when I mm. speak, I can maybe put them not necessarily in the right way, but at the end, you know, it kind of, you put it in the mixer, it mixes, it comes out, and I just hope that it makes sense. Um, <laughs> so it was a little bit easier for me. Reading, it's very hard because A, sometimes it has a lot of complex words and you have to check every single word. Do you understand it or not? Um, and... It just takes time, more or less. 
Um, and I think you told me, right, when you came to New Zealand, reading was the method that helped you um, learn, like, learn English quite fast. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, spent a long time just reading books. And I really enjoyed, re really enjoyed it. But that's because I didn't like speaking that much. And I still don't really. I struggle a bit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas me, so give me an opportunity. I'll go and talk. Um, yeah. But it definitely comes with practice. And um, another part is memories and doing things. And then you can relate language or certain words to the actions, if that makes sense. Um, mm. So usually it's say you go, I need to drink water. And you're trying to learn, like, you know, how you structure the sentence, you know, water is is that word but then actually once you do the action for some reason it really nicely sticks into my head um so even with, like learning certain words for like climbing or riding a bicycle up until I actually did them it was really hard for me to memorize it like it was very easy for me to connect certain language certain language structure to the actual action and then it helped me learn it quite um quite fast so I guess one of the things is just to try, oops, I touched the microphone. <laughs> uh, okay. One of the things I think is to try various ways to learn a language and just see what works for you. I don't think so. There is a script, a specific script or a recipe that you can use. Um, I would just say try everything and just see what works best for you. And once again, there is so many resources on YouTube um, to help you get started as well. Mm. So I um, also had a question earlier. Um, how do you deal with accents? Because I find that even though I consider myself a native English speaker, um, people struggle to understand my accent and sometimes I struggle to understand their accents as well. So yeah, did you have struggles when it came to accents? A hundred percent. And at the start when people were like, oh, you're definitely not from Australia. And I'm like, how do you know that I'm not like, how, how do you, because I didn't know that there was a difference between American, between Australian, between UK. To me, they all sounded exactly the same. Uh, and then I've heard that before too, but I just, it shocks me to, you know, to hear, to, I can't, I can't envision that they sound exactly the same because to me, they sound so different. Exactly. And to me, for some reason, they all sounded the same. And when I just started, I tried to force myself and say certain words how Australians would say. Then I tried to um, say certain words how Americans would... Because th there is a thing that distinguishes them, right? And you can easily pick it up. And now I can easily pick it up. But when I just started, honestly, they all sounded the same to me. Um, and I think because I came in quite early... And I was always surrounded by a lot of international students and students from all over the place. I don't think so I have strong Russian accent. Well, people tell me that I don't. And I don't think so I do because I, when I hear Russian stock, you can, you can, yep, yeah, that's, that's a Russian dude. Like that's, that's a Russian girl because it comes quite strong. I think mine is like a mix of Australian, of nonsense, of Russian, <laughs> of, um, I don't know, German and American. It's just, it's just a mix now. And, and I kind of quite like it because it's quite unique. Um, and people sometimes confuse me from uh, that I am maybe French. I was called Italian a few times. 
um, I was never called Russian from the first go. Like, you know, the Uber Uber driver tr- trips, that's kind of comic. Oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, guess. <laughs> 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 and they never get Russia. So no. do, yeah. And I'm sure you can tell me too. Maybe, maybe not. If I if I sound, but where would you pick my accent from? Where would you say I'm from? I think when I first met you, I, I if I didn't know you were Russian, I wouldn't have picked Russian. Um, somewhere in Europe, but I wouldn't be able to pinpoint where in Europe. Um, I would just be some. I would think somewhere niche actually in Europe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Slovenia, Slovakia. Yeah, something like that. Like. Even Polish or something, I don't know, something, yeah, in the, in the probably Eastern Europe um, zone. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting because now I can very much distinguish between accents and I don't know where it came from. Maybe I've listened to a lot of people talk by now, so it just comes oh. quite natural. Because uh, when my mom asked me, like, how can you separate um, you know, who is American, who is English, and like, but that's just how they say the words, or that's how they have, you know, their intonation, sorry, not intonation, intonation? Maybe it's a Russian word. It's another thing that I do is that I sometimes in- inject Russian words, I try to make them sound English with the hope that it it's an English word. <laughs> uh, because sometimes there's a few words that are common for... Um, for Russia and sorry for Russian and English and I've had a few times that they matched it's like oh bingo so not every time <laughs> there is a word that might potentially sound a little bit uh English I just put it into the the sentence but yeah no it's um it's quite interesting and do you do, are you bilingual or um I I am slightly bi- bilingual. <laughs> I wouldn't claim to be fully bilingual. So I can um, speak Cantonese, but I can't like read or write um, Chinese. So uh, conversationally, I can speak it. Um, but I like to, for people who don't know, I like to tell people that I speak like a five-year-old. So I can describe things that I don't know the name of and people will get it eventually. But it's sort of like a whole roundabout way to have a conversation because I would not know the name of something, but I can still describe it and I'll eventually get it. (laughs) Were you ever planning to improve? Um, You know, because you do have, I assume, good basics and do you speak to your parents in English or? No, so I speak to my um, parents in Cantonese, which is how I learnt. But no, everyone has asked me that question, like, do you have plans to sort of improve your Chinese and all that kind of stuff? I didn't, I didn't even like English, to be honest. So <laughs> language has never been my thing. Um, unless you're talking about, you know, coding languages or programming languages, that's a different story. But yeah, yep. um, well, I think a language that I really want to learn is Korean. So I, I just feel like it's such a beautiful language. But for me, I just, I don't know. There's something about learning languages that it's, it seems so daunting and such a big um, task. So that's why I'm curious, like, how did you sort of overcome all those hurdles and picked it up, you know, within a couple of years? And you're fluent, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's I think it's just self-confidence, right? It, it all comes down by believing in yourself, not being afraid, and also people, um, I don't necessarily need to accept, like, I don't necessarily need to be accepted or people to agree, but because 
communication, there is two parties to it, right? And although I might feel like I am fluent, just the other person on the other hand feels that I'm fluent. Do my thoughts and messages come across in the way that can be interpreted by a person next to me? Uh, because that's that's the challenge, right? And sometimes, as, as, as I said it before, like I feel like I have to reiterate myself. Even now I'm reiterating. I'm like, did that point that I said before came across correctly? Because I do feel that like sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I think also having people or being around people that can give you that feedback. And although sometimes you might feel like you might hurt me if you tell me, hey, Valera, you, you said this wrong. Like, honestly, yes, at times it feels like, oh, it's unfair, why can I just not speak correctly? Um, you know, but I think you need that feedback because it's a two two yeah. parties, three parties. In general, sorry, it's, um, it's two parties um, that are part of the conversation. So... I do like the feedback, so if you can give me feedback, or if you have someone whose English is second language, or it doesn't matter, um, whatever it happens to be, I would suggest give them that feedback, and, and obviously trying to do it in a, in a nice way, um, because obviously we, it's, it's, as you said, it's a long journey, and learning a different language, and communicating it. Um, it's a little bit difficult but at the same time I think it also gives you the confidence hey I can you know I can speak two languages so I don't have to be necessarily good at both Um, but I think I would suggest if you do want to improve your skill is by going to that country and immersing yourself for three months in that environment and I bet you you're gonna come out speaking fluently I think all you need is three months Wow. Okay. So that means in a year you can learn four languages, right? If you travel between countries, I think so. The first <laughs> week you'll be like, what have I done to myself? Like, why am I here? But then you'll have your survival instincts that will just push you to learn the language, to be able to feel yourself um, comfortable, feel powerful, not powerless, because not having ability to speak the language, you lose the power. And we are primitive humans. We want to be powerful. We want to be unstoppable. So I think that's kind of a drive that pushes you to um, to learn that language. And um, an example with, uh, I think, with was it in school? I think in school, this is where my language had to kind of be a little bit more advanced because I had to write essays uh, and sit the exams and other things. And I think I've, I've mentioned that I was really afraid to fail and come back to Russia so I had like, once again, my survival instinct was on and I was like, I just have to get this done. I have to learn. So I just kept reading, studying, learning the words um, and one bit at a time, it kept improving. And also don't expect of yourself a lot as well. If in three months you won't be able to, I think the hardest part for me is listening to rapper songs. So when people rap, I cannot understand like honestly you give me any song now I will not be able to understand unless you tell me what the person is saying like oh bingo (laughs) but I can tell you now that I don't understand rap songs either but that's just because most of the time they're just speaking gibberish so all right well now I don't feel alone the only person that I was always trying to and dreaming to understand was Eminem he's my favorite rapper I love Eminem Ah. and I remember I was like I'm not afraid I'm not I was just I was just trying to um to understand and learn the lyrics to be able to speak fast and understand him but still up to this date yeah so I guess when you're 
trying to get into their journey don't expect of yourself to go through mountains and be able to speak fluently and understand fluently um it comes with time and practice and once again if you're dedicated if you want something on the other end just put a little bit of effort one step at a time and i think this is why apps like duolingo come in quite handy because they do kind of segregate this massive you know block of study that you need to do into smaller little chunks that you just need to do daily 15 to 20 minutes a day and um yeah and you'll be able to to hopefully one day um learn more and more languages it's it's all about the consistency and as you as you said you know the incremental daily learning bit by bit and then practicing that rather than trying to learn the entire like dictionary or encyclopedia of English in one go. Um, so you've already got two languages under your belt, Bell. Is there a third, a fourth lined up? <laughs> Any plans uh, to learn another one? And that's a question I get asked. So, you, you know, like, you know, already two, it should be easy to learn third one. Um, I tried to learn Italian at one point, but because once again, because I already know what works for me, just starting and learning a language in Australia where everyone speaks English, I know it's not going to really work. And I might get to a certain level, but it's going to be a lot of time and effort for me to spend. If I did have a drive behind it, not just a want, if I did have the need, I think I would be able to pick it up. Uh, but because I didn't really have a drive, it was just, you know, why not? Um, I was actually quite unsuccessful uh, trying to learn it. So I do have actually a book um, of, of Italian grammar. And at one point I did start. But once again, yeah, unfortunately, I just haven't really had that need or the drive to learn a new language. But I think for me to do it, you know, I just have to be shipped in a container to Italy, spend there a few months by myself and I'll be able to pick it up. But I definitely do want to learn um, another language. I was thinking of German um, or what else did I think about? To be honest, I want to maintain my Russian as well before I start learning a new language because I haven't been speaking my Russian that often. Um, the only time that I speak is with my parents or with my brother. And it's just day-to-day -day conversation. So if you actually now, let's say, Val, go and talk to a customer in Russian, I'll be useless. So I think my next tip before I start learning a new language is to level up my Russian. Um, because I think it just stopped at the age of 16. Um, I don't believe it progressed any further after I left Russia because I didn't have the opportunity so I think I will just cut this because it told me that my battery is low uh what was I saying yes I think before I start learning a new language I'll make sure that I level up my Russian and then potentially maybe learn German or Italian ah okay well I always thought that um once you've learned you know, a language to a certain like number of years, it would be solidified. So now that you said, you know, your Russian is maybe at the age of 16 years old and nothing progressed after that. So yeah, that shocks me a bit. Okay. You need to use it daily. 
yeah. to be able to keep it. Um, and then sometimes if I speak English for too long, the way I speak in Russian sounds weird. I speak Russian with English I was going accent. to ask you that if you have an English I was accent. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Obviously, I don't speak like I am, you know, like the way I, I would usually speak. Um, but it's because I don't really have that practice. Mm. And uh, I have a few Russian books that I want to keep reading uh, and just keep at least maintain the level of the language. And I definitely want to improve it. And because, you know, our job, my, my job, it's mainly in English, but I would love to be able to talk to, um, you know, Russian customers or help out um, someone that can't necessarily speak English, but help them knowing, you know, the, the knowledge that I have acquired in in English and then translate it to Russian. Because now if I go on like Microsoft Docs and put it to Russian, I will not be able to understand anything because I just don't have the... I don't even know how to say cloud in or Azure in Russian or... I, I know, think VS Azure code. is... It's global, isn't it? It's like Wi-Fi. <laughs> but they, they would say it with like a Russian accent. So like uh, Azuria, for example. They wouldn't uh, be really Azure. That's cooler. I would want to say Azulia <laughs> rather than Azure. <laughs> <laughs> or even like Microsoft, I would say it Microsoft. Ah, uh, okay. Damn, everything sounds cooler yeah. in a Russian accent. <laughs> I think every, everything sounds cooler in the, in the in the in the different accent note that you are not uh, used to. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I think there is definitely benefits, and there are definitely benefits at um, being bilingual because it just opens up so many doors and opportunity to communicate mm. with people that might not speak um, English. Although English is quite a global language and um, there are just so many people that are bilingual, but there's still some that don't have it as, as native as we do, so it's hard to communicate with them. So it's nice to be able to speak a second language, whether you're traveling or you're just chatting to someone. It just gives you a lot of a lot of power. I I completely agree, but sort of um my my uh bilingual power comes with uh so I'll be on the streets with my siblings or something, and then all of a sudden I'll tell them, hey, let's switch language because I don't want the people around us to hear what we're talking about. <laughs> so, gossiping? Gossiping. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's actually great because then you can switch so easily and then people are all of a sudden, you know, not able to eavesdrop into your conversation because they have no idea what you're talking well, about. Well, <laughs> it actually can happen vice versa. We were traveling um, to Russia with my husband. We were at the Dubai airport. And we were boarding a plane to go from Dubai to Moscow. And most of the people that were boarding were Russians. And I was sitting next to my husband so because he only speaks English. So I was talking to him in English. And I heard people next to me talking about us in Russian because they assumed that none of us speak Russian. <laughs> and they were like, oh, look at this couple. Oh, they're talking to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're from, I'm just wondering which country are they from? Oh, he's holding an Australian. But I could like hear them talk. But obviously, because I didn't want to make it awkward for them, I just kept talking in English. So I guess, although gossip, just be careful. Because <laughs> people true. might understand. Uh, uh. Well, I think we, uh, we've covered a lot today. Yep. So and... my three key takeaways from this is move to the country of the language you're, uh, you, you know, learning. That's number one. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but uh, more seriously, the second one is not to give up and, you know, be confident in your speaking abilities. You know, everyone starts from somewhere and start learning incrementally, you know, like little by little, bit by bit, um, and just start building up that skill and, you know, don't give up. <laughs> Was that the sort of three main key takeaways? I think also enjoy along the journey. Yeah. It's it's just so much fun, you know, find someone who speaks that language right on their Instagram. Um, I think there's just so many now social platforms that um, push you to communicate, push you to talk in that language. So just reach out to people um, and, um, and yeah, hope you, you learn, you learn. And obviously these days it's a little bit hard to travel to a different country given the current um, situation with the... Um, with the virus so hope everyone is staying safe and healthy um, but hopefully in the nearest future if you do have abilities I highly recommend you to go and do an exchange program uh, through school or through university or try to emerge yourself maybe find a community in the country that you live in that for that particular language maybe an, an Italian band or something if you want to learn Italian or a Russian band uh, and just try to emerge yourself in that environment um, to be able to kind of pick up things as fast as possible so we we hope that you enjoyed the podcast and we shared some tips and tricks for you um, to start learning a language it's our second podcast once again uh, we're still learning how to do it but we hope you enjoy it and we hope to see you on the another one thank you for listening right to the end if you enjoyed it please give us feedback like subscribe and share this podcast see you in the next one bye, bye.